Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Rick Hackman, and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Hi, David. Awesome, Hi, David. awesome. And if, uh, if you'd all just take a moment and reflect on the word stewardship, because we're all members of Stewardship of Mission of Faith. When we truly understand that everything we have is a gift from God that we're to use to help others, it sets us free. Because so many times our possessions end up possessing us, and a lot of times it's money. And uh, so for this Thanksgiving season, let's just take a moment and reflect on that fact. We are only caregivers. We are only stewards of all the gifts, the gift of our time being the most precious that God entrusts to us. And with that, uh, let's take a moment and invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life. So, Rob, do you mind doing the honors? I would love to. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, as we come off of our Thanksgiving celebration, uh, we just uh, ask you please to uh, just to plant in us, within us, deep within us, just a spirit of gratitude, uh, just knowing that everything is a, just a, a beautiful, generous gift from you that we use to help others and, and just plant that thankful heart deep within us. That no matter what the situation, what the circumstance, we, uh, we will thank you for it. Because even when it's not uh, going our way, you can turn all things to good for those who love you. So thank you for that promise. Thank you for the gift of your word, the gift of this radio station, the gift of all the listeners who are joining us today, the gift of uh, the four of us here in the studio. It's all gift from you. So Lord, thank you for these gifts. And as we break open your word that we will hear this Sunday, as we begin Advent, as we, as we begin this journey uh, closer to you as the baby Jesus. Um, we just ask you, please, Lord, to open our hearts, to prepare our hearts, to be the, the stable, to be the manger that you can be born into, hearts pure, full of love. And uh, we just ask you to, to open those hearts now to receive your love and then give us the courage to give that love and forgiveness to everyone that we meet. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Amen. Son, Holy Father, Spirit. Son, Holy Amen. Spirit. Amen. And before we read the gospel today, which if everybody takes a moment and gets their Bibles, it comes from Mark chapter 13, verses 33 to 37. There's a beautiful prayer that the Lord put in our hearts to pray this morning that comes out of stewardship of prayer, our daily Catholic prayers, and it's called a prayer for a peaceful spirit. So let us pray this prayer together. Please, Lord, slow me down. Ease my pounding heart. Quiet my racing mind, steady my hurried steps. Amidst the confusion of my days, grant me the calmness of your peace. Help me to know the truly restoring gift of sleep. Teach me the art of taking time off, to slow down, to see the beauty in your creation, to chat with a friend, to read a few lines from a good book. Remind me each day that there is more to life than increasing its speed. It is living each moment with you and for you. Let me look upwards into the branches of a towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. Please, Lord, 
slow me down. Teach me to be gentle and humble of heart, fearing nothing of this world, as you are my Lord. Grant me rest for my soul now and eternally with you. Amen. 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 Awesome. And Rick, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? Again, the gospel is from the book of Mark, the 13th chapter, verses 33 through 37. Jesus said to his disciples, Be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home, places his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore. You do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all. Watch. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Rick, when you started to to read the gospel, I immediately looked at what Jesus was speaking to and who he was speaking to, and it was was me, it was you, it was all of our listeners. Jesus said to his disciples, that's us. You know, I love in the scriptures where it says to be his disciple, we have to do a couple things, three of them, deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. So for me, he's talking to us in this gospel, and he says, be watchful and be alert. And those words with an explanation point, you know, are us called to be watchful because the enemy of our souls is always looking and probing the lines, I like to call it, of our hearts to see where he can plug in a portal of entry through jealousy, through envy, through pride, through unforgiveness. That's probably one of the greatest areas where the enemy plugs that portable poison to steal and rob the abundant life that God wants us to have. So, for me, I want to always be watchful and always be alert of what the enemy's trying to do to steal and rob the joy of God, steal and rob this heart that God wants to use for his purpose, which is to bring his love into the world. I mean, so for me, those, those words really resonated from that aspect of being alert and being watchful because the enemy doesn't sleep. He's like a roaring lion prowling to do what? Devour souls to devour the souls of our children, our wives, our family members, our friends. Man, we're, we're called to be alert. We're called to be watchful. We're called to be soldiers in the army of Christ. And, and David, as you're, um, you're helping us focus on the word watch and watchful, um, just thinking of the contrast between watching and waiting. And, uh, you know, with Thanksgiving just passing us and, um, you know, the hustle and bustle of the Christmas season upon us, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of opportunity to wait in line, to wait in traffic. And if we just passively wait as opposed to actively watch, you know, we're going to miss opportunities, right? In all those lines, there are people that are hurting to know God. You know, at the end of that line, if we're in a store, at the, you know, the person checking out, if we're waiting and, and, and growing impatient because of the wait, we're gonna, we're gonna, we might miss an opportunity to, to greet that checkout person, that cashier, with love and patience and joy and peace, right? So as we enter into this season where we could be waiting a lot, most likely we'll be waiting, let's take this as an opportunity not just to wait and grow with impatience, but to watch and to pray, you know, use that extra time in traffic to pray, to ask the Lord, please, you know, give me an opportunity wherever I'm heading to, to meet somebody that might, that might need your love, 
right? So that, that this, this, this whole watchfulness can become a lifestyle where we're watching for opportunities to love and serve God, to pray, and then to, to put those, you know, what God fills us with in, into action with whoever's in front of us at the end of that, that watch. And Rob, you alerted me to something myself because, you know, be watchful. But when we, we see something, we need to respond. And that always is a response of love. Like the perfect example you gave of the standing in line at a checkout. You know, used to be I'd stand in line and a person would take their time to do this or do that or, you know, didn't have the money ready. I'd get irritable. I'd be like, I can't believe this. I watched one person one time open a change purse and started to pay their grocery bill with nickels, dimes, quarters, and oh my goodness, pennies. And I, I was like frustrated. I was, I was like, I can't believe this. And the Lord said, David, this is an opportunity for you to pray. So I try to always carry a finger rosary in my pocket. And now if I stand in line, I don't care, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I can pray a rosary. I can pray for someone. I can pray for the cashier. I can pray for the people God puts in my life, you know, as opportunities to be blessings to. It has changed my perspective. And guess what? It shut down that portal for the enemy to cause irritation, anxiety, frustration. None of that's from God. The enemy's looking to rob and steal. So, Rob, perfect example. The next time we're caught in traffic, the next time we're stuck in a line where somebody's paying with, uh, you know, pennies, nickels, dimes, and quarters, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what God's telling us to do just like we prayed? Slow down. Pray for others. Watch and be alert for those opportunities, those divine appointments to be a blessing to someone else. Do the greatest gift we can give them, the gift of prayer. And, and, you know, it's interesting that we're talking about um, being watchful here because the, the overall passage here, it's a very short passage, but it's very, there's a lot of depth to it, is really the Lord warning us not to fall asleep. And, you know, we're, there's a kind of a, um, a, a lack of awareness or a, a falling asleep um, at the other end of the spectrum when we get so, you know, fritzed out and so wired up and so impatient with people that we become blind. You know, we're just we're just operating at a diff- we're missing the opportunity. So there's a kind of a watchfulness that, you know, puts us in that in that sweet spot between being asleep and being so, you know, intense or so, you know, uh, worked up or so impatient with people around us that we're actually missing those opportunities. That's a kind of a sleepless, uh, you know, kind of a uh, sleepiness, too, that that puts us out of touch. But the other thing, too, that I think I noticed from this passage as we're kind of breaking it open here is that really um, when you look at this and it says, you know, may he not come suddenly, may, may the master of the house not come suddenly, well, really, and it talks about the gatekeepers being on watch. He really, he really lays this out and says, you know, in the evening, at the midnight, at Coxcrow, which would be the early, early morning, and in the morning, which is normally when people sleep. So the Lord is saying, you know, when people normally sleep, like when they're impatient and they're missing things, or at the other end when they're just, you know, kind of checked out and not really paying attention, that's when you need to be alert. That's when you need to be watchful because that's when the master comes. And the other thing is that the master doesn't come suddenly. The master comes when the master comes. If you're awake, it's not sudden. If you're asleep, it startles you and wakes you up, and, it's, and, and, then it, and then it is sudden, and then you're caught unawares, and the master finds you sleeping, and the opportunities are missed. Um, and, the, you know, the thing that touches my heart, and I try to remember, I don't do a very good job of it because I get impatient at checkout lines and things too, is, uh, you know, maybe that person is put there specifically by God 
to slow me down. <laughs> yep. So in so in, you know in your prayers, David, and my prayers, I thank you, Lord, because I probably needed to slow down. I needed to look around. I needed to look in that person's eyes and see you know if they're hurting or whatever. So that's another another aspect of it. So I I look at those opportunities when in my when I'm awake, I look at those opportunities with gratitude. Because that's the Lord put that person there for me, and I need to be for that person too. And you know, Tom, the closer we get to the heart of God, one of my morning prayers is always the the good morning prayer to the Father. And I always ask him for three things. I always ask him for the eyes to see him at work in my life, the ears of the heart to hear his voice, and a heart to be open to respond to what I see and what I hear. And so the God brings those opportunities every day in my life. And I was down at the Philadelphia Eagles game with my son-in-law and my daughter and my wife, and we're sitting in the stands, and I don't know if anyone's been to a Philadelphia Eagles game, and uh, some of the fans are a little uh, vocal. (laughs) And so there was a lot of vocalness happening right behind me. And in fact, the Lord even acknowledged Jesus and Christ in a lot of the vocal (laughs) vocabulary, but he had a couple four-letter adjectives that really weren't healthy. So now, we can look at that two ways. We can look at it, condemn that man, judge that man, be irritable, be angry, but oh, no, 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 no. What the Lord showed me was that man needs help. He's not in a healthy place. The greatest gift you can give him is not condemning him, not judging him, not being irritable and irritated. Pray for him. Lift him up. Pour out your heart for this man who needs me, meaning needs Christ. And so it's like, wow, I felt a total peace come over me. I wasn't irritable. I wasn't agitated. I wasn't angry. And it was beautiful because I've got to share and pray for a man that I don't even know. But that's calling God and saying, God, the Father, help this man. Help your son. Please, I'm asking. And that's where we're always called. Knock, seek, ask. And give the greatest gift we can always give someone, the gift of prayer. Call on the Father. And sometimes in those situations, we always want to pray for the people. But... uh, you know, if we ask God to, to create an opportunity, sometimes he'll give us that opportunity. So this past weekend, I was coaching my son's soccer team, and the, the coach on the you know, opposing team was just throwing out the Lord's name as he's yelling at these nine-year-old kids on the soccer field. You know, so yelling at them isn't bad enough. You know, throw, throw our Lord's name in vain and really gets their attention, I guess. Uh, and I was getting fired up. I was like, not feeling very charitable at all. I was like, you know, <laughs> wanting to defend Jesus' honor and, and go over there and uh, you know, get, get, give it to the guy. But you know, thank God, you know, through uh, through His grace, I, I didn't react, and uh, you know, in, in, in anger, but I just stopped and I just asked the Lord. I said, Lord, please, if, if there's an opportunity to talk to this coach, I, I would love that opportunity. And no sooner did I say that prayer, than in the middle of the game, this guy crosses half, you know, midfield, extends his hand to me. Oh, hey, I, we didn't get a chance to to meet. I'm Max. Hey, Max, I'm Rob. How you doing? And, and we're talking about our teams and coaching, and you know, as the as the game's going on. And you know, developing a little, you know, little little friendship there, right on the sideline. And I was like, "Wow, this is the opportunity." So, in the conversation, I was, "Hey, Max, my man, I don't know if you realize this, but as you're, you know, instructing your kids, you're you're using Jesus's name in, in a way that's, you know, not not very nice. You know, you're yelling, you know, Jesus Christ in a in a in a, in a way that's, uh, you know, that, that's really, you know, offensive." And I said, "What? Really? I didn't know that." And then as we're talking. Something happened, and he did it again. Like right, like like in the midst of our conversation, like Max, right? He goes, "Oh, I did it again." So he didn't even realize that he was doing it, and God created that opportunity for us to kind of break the ice and just chit chat about coaching and stuff in general, and just gave me the opportunity just to be like, "Oh, by the way, 
um, I noticed this, and, and and he apologized. So maybe now, you know, throughout his life, he'll he'll yeah. be more aware that he's just using our Lord's name like that, um, and 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 maybe stop. But then, David, to your to your story, uh, another guy who was a former NFL player shared with a group of of teens when we uh, had him talking to our youth group. And he said he was at an Eagles game, and a guy behind him was doing that, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, not not ready to pray, uh, but using our Lord's name. And every time he would use our Lord's name, this guy would stand up, turn around, and say, may his name be praised to the Lord and love now and forever. And he would sit back down. Then he would, he would use the Lord's name in vain again. May his name be praised to the Lord and love now and forever. And this went on, you know, for the first half. And by the third quarter, the guy said it again, and, and you know, Jack stood up, turned around, and the guy using the our Lord's name in vain, said, I know, I know, may his name be praised and thrown in love now and forever. <laughs> right, so there's different ways to, uh, to go about it, but I think, you know, the, the base of it all is prayer. You know, that Jack, the guy who, you know, would stand up, he's rooted in prayer. You were praying for the man, and, and, you know, I prayed for an opportunity. So it all comes back to prayer, because if we don't mm-hmm. pray and we, and we do it on our own human instinct, most likely it's not going to go too well. No, and that's the key. We're never called to react. And when our human flesh rises up or we feel justified to turn around and, and give that guy a whammy for doing that and react, the enemy's got you. The enemy's got you. He's got you in his trap. That's why it says be watchful and alert. So for me, I always want to respond with love. And guess what? In my humanity, broken as it is, I can't do that. But what do I do? I say, you know what, Father? I can't love that man right now. But you can. You can love him through me. I give you my permission Help me. When you do that, it's amazing how God will do that. He'll, and if you pray to God, ask for the opportunity, he gives you those opportunities. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, I want to go back to, 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 to where we're at in the gospel and just re- reflect on, you know, that, that the Lord's going to come back, and we don't know when. And I love the little ditty that says, you only get to keep what you give away. And I had a reflection of King Tut and his tomb and all the treasures that were there. Well, they buried them with him because he was going to take them to the next world. Now, how do he make out? Because they're now put on display and taken all around the world. He doesn't have them. So you don't get to get teaked. You don't get to take anything with you except one thing, works of love. That's it. You get to take the love with you. All the rest of the stuff stays here, gets redistributed, and God uses it then with other stewards. So for me, I always want to be alert. I always want to be watchful for opportunities to be a blessing to others and good stewards of the gifts that God's entrusted me with. And that, that to me, is, is huge. And, and I, they wrote two little things down that I remembered of two people that I was talking to at different times where the one said, you know what, when I retire and I have my investment, then I'm going to really give back to God. Uh, that person didn't, didn't live to a retirement. The Lord yeah. called him home sooner. And another man, I remember him saying to me, he said, man, he said, when I make 300000 a year, everything else is the Lord's. And the man doesn't make 300000 a year, so what does the Lord get? I mean, we put conditions. The Lord God says to love him. How? With all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, you know, all our strength. It means putting God first in our life, especially with what the enemy uses so many times to pull us away from God, money. Because it says clearly we can't serve God and mammon, God and money. We can't. And so when we put God first and we give him from the first fruits as Abel did, when we respond that way, God blesses us. 
not by dumping more wealth on us, that's his choice if he wants, but gives us wealth that money can't buy, which is peace and joy and gentleness and kindness and charity. The fruits of the Spirit is what God pours out of us in abundance, which gives us the abundant life and allows us to walk through anything, anything in this earth with God in his, in his Spirit. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because the examples that you, that you brought up, Rob, uh, and and the ones you brought up, David, are really a kind of um, being watchful yourself, but also helping somebody else to wake up. Because, you know, the, the example you gave, Rob, of the guy that didn't even realize he was taking the, name, the Lord's name in vain, I mean, that was, you know, we even use that term, that was a wake-up call for him. You know, he didn't realize he was doing it, and by, because of your watchfulness, your wakefulness, you could give him the gift of helping him become more awake. In other words, you woke up so you can shake him and say, hey, wake up, you know, see what's going on here. And so both keep, you know, keep watch for the Lord. But I think those are are the important things. And, you know, David, you brought up about, um, you know, what we can take along. And it, it just gave me a flashback to uh, our my high school days when we did our senior class play was called Everyman. And it's just this, it's an allegory, and every one of the characters has a, an allegorical name. So there's strength and beauty and good works and fame and fortune and all these other things. And this, um, every man has to make a, a journey through life to death. And death is at the end, and death, you know, takes him into, you know, into the presence of the Lord. And along the way, everybody finds out where he's going, and they start falling away one by one. Wealth goes away. Fame goes away, popularity, uh, and at the end, beauty and strength desert him. But the only person who's there to walk into the kingdom, of, into the pre- Lord's presence, is good works, charitable works, the good things that we've done, yeah. the things that we've given away will be will be with us. Not the wealth that we had, but the wealth and the good deeds that we did with the wealth that we had that will that will inc- accompany us into the kingdom. So right, and 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 it says right here, you know, you know that the servants we placed in charge. We're in charge now. We are given free will. Right. No other creature created has it. And what? To do what with it? For each with his own work. What work? Well, God tells us in his word that he's created these works for us to do in advance of us even being born and us even in coming into the world. And what works did he prepare for us? Works of love. So bring his son into the world in and through our uniqueness. So you can't work your way into heaven. That's not a Catholic teaching. But our faith and our yes to the Lord, our all in, is a call to action, which Galatians tells us it's work, it's faith living in works, works of love, works of love. And you can't separate the two. We give our all in and our yes to the Lord. Our response and the fruit of our response are works of love. They go hand in hand. You can't separate them. It's impossible. If it's truly, I'm all in for the Lord, and he's first. Mm-hmm. If I could just uh, maybe just throw out a, an Advent challenge for all of us, uh, you know, the, the world's going to want us to go right from Thanksgiving to, to Christmas. And the Church, in her wisdom, gives us this beautiful season of Advent where we can really prepare our hearts to receive Jesus. So this past week we were at a school, and we, uh, we played a song from Marty Rotella from Spirit Power called Step by Step. So we played the song, and we asked the question at the end, if you had to write an advertisement for Advent using the words from step by step, what would what would what would you what would you say? And you know, the refrain from step by step is step by step, move forward, move forward, step by step, don't worry about it. Step by step, move forward, move forward, step by step, step into the now. And then there's other words, obviously. And the kids came up with collectively 
pretty much uh, an advertisement would be, Advent is a step-by-step journey to Jesus Christ and his birthday. It's like, wow, that's awesome, right? That each day, you know, it's, it's that ministry of the moment that if we don't worry about it, right, we don't get stuck in anxiety of what's going to happen and what do we have to do and all the stuff we have to prepare for for Christmas, right? But if we step into the now, now is the moment that we can, right, if we're watchful, we can love someone now, we can forgive someone now, we can serve someone now, and then that's going to take us one step closer to Jesus, to preparing our hearts to be the manger for Jesus to be born into. And again, the Rob, I love it, what, what all we're breaking open, the bread of life, and the word that I circled now is gatekeeper. And man, I'm telling you, I believe as parents, we, both mother and father, are the gatekeepers that we need to keep watch and be alert what we allow to come into our home, what we allow our children to watch, what we allow you know, our children to be part of, because we are the gatekeepers of our families. I believe that. We're the gatekeepers of our hearts individually, but also our families. And I'm, I have a God moment where I was sitting up in my office and I was reading the scriptures and I came across a scripture that said, uh, you know, if, if anyone should cause one of my little ones to sin, it'd be better for him to tie a millstone around his neck and throw it into the ocean. And I went, wow, well, I didn't do that, Lord. I sat back in my chair all feeling good about myself. And I hear the still quiet voice. Yes, you did, David. I argue with the Lord. I said, oh, no, 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 I didn't do that. Yes, you did, David. I said, Lord, I never did that. And then he spoke to my heart even louder. Yes, you did, David. When you chose to bring pornography into your home, you caused my little ones, my children, that I entrusted to you to sin. And I wept. And I went to my sons, and I apologized. I went to my daughter, and I apologized. I asked for their forgiveness, and I said, it starts anew today. We're breaking the family lineage of sin today through God's grace. And you know what? Thank you, Lord. He has broken it in just about every one of my children. We have 15 total. And I am so grateful. We are the gatekeepers. Call out on the Lord. Protect the family we've been entrusted with and friends and and continue on this journey as disciples of Jesus Christ, being watchful, being alert, because, ladies and gentlemen, we are at war. And the victor wants our souls. But he's not the victor because, you see, Christ has defeated him. Let's take up our, our cross. Let's deny ourselves. Let's follow Jesus Christ and let him use us for his purpose to bring his kingdom into the world. God bless each and every one of you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening.
And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.